listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. You can kind of get caught up in, oh, this is so exhausting. But if you take a step back and realize that you're doing eternally valuable work when you invest in these children, that really matters. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode. Now, before we get started, I want to make sure you know about an event that we have coming up just for dads. It's called Base Camp and registration is now open. Basecamp is a father-focused weekend event intended to support and encourage special needs dads. Guys come together and relate about the challenges and adventures of this unique life. And the goal of this event is to create a space for dads to rest, reconnect, and recharge. The two-day event includes great food, teaching from other special needs dads who get it, lots of activities, but also lots of time for rest. Now you can find out all of the details on the Rising Above app or website, and we'll be sure to include a link in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. All the information will be there about this event called Base Camp that's coming up later this year. Now we're continuing our summer series here at the podcast. And today I'm joined by my friends, Christy Farrow and Cassandra Kemp. And we're going to be talking about how to navigate challenging behaviors that our kiddos sometimes face. Christy and Cassandra share the raw and real realities of some of the struggles they have faced with their children and some of the strategies that they have implemented in their own lives to help navigate those really hard and stressful days. These women are both such an encouragement to me and I so appreciate them and their willingness to share part of their journey with us in this week's episode. Hey, Cassandra and Christy, how are you today? Hello. Uh, I love seeing you guys. I just, you're you're two of my most favorite people. (laughs) And I'm so glad uh, to get to see you. And, you know, we were together here recently because of By the Brook. You guys were on set with us at By the Brook and just uh, did such a beautiful job with that. And You know, both of you have been on the show before, so you're not new to the podcast, and I'm just (laughs) glad to have you both back. And, you know, when we were recording By the Brook, you know, I knew both of you separately, but you guys had never met. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys meet for the first time, and I I could see it was like a magnet. You know, (laughs) you guys just connected, and you kind of connected over the subject that we're going to talk about today. You know, we're in the summer series of the podcast, and... This week, we're talking about something kind of hard and challenging, and that is challenging behaviors. And what do we do as moms or parents um, when our kids are having challenging behaviors, meltdowns, et cetera? And so we're going to unpack that a little bit today. So thank you guys for being willing to be, you know, vulnerable and real in sharing this part of your journey. For sure. Thanks for having us, Becky. Well, I'm going to start off. I just want to let you each briefly share your journey as it relates to behavior, because I know, Christy, you've, you've been on recently and, and you shared about all the medical things. And you talked about it at By the Brook, too. You yeah. guys had a big year of medical diagnoses, one right after the other. Yes. Um, but there's another piece to your story. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So share a little bit about that. Sure. For your family. Yeah. 
Um, we definitely do deal with some difficult behaviors in our world. Um, and I started looking into more of like getting more tools for that probably about two years ago. So we started on with like occupational therapy and learning like more about sensory processing and that side of life. That was like learning a whole new language. And then we launched into all that medical stuff last year. And so kind of put pursuing how to help with behaviors kind of on pause um, and just went after all this medical stuff. So this year, I feel like there's just been, you know, it's been like rerouted back to like mm. figuring out how to handle difficult behaviors, causes of it. And we, we haven't landed um, at all of our answers yet, but um, we definitely have some of the difficult behavior that is maybe more willful, difficult behavior. And then we also have a lot of sensory difficult behavior. Mm. All three of my yeah. kids have different sensory needs that just bring for some challenges sometimes. So mm -hmm. we definitely know this topic well as a family. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And, you know, I know for you, Cassandra, your journey is a little different in that, you know, you've been a special needs mom. Joseph is how old now? He's... He just turned 13. He just turned 13. And we were talking before the show about what a joy Joseph is. He's just the sweetest young man you'll ever meet. Aww. He has Down syndrome. And so you've been on this journey for a while with Joseph, but you, within the last, what, four years? I think it's been four years. Yeah. Four years. Exactly. I, four years this month. Wow. Adopted two little girls and one had Down syndrome and the other came with uh, the other issues that you're dealing with and unpacking. So tell your journey as when it relates to behavioral issues that you deal with in your home. Yeah, happy to do that. So our primary behavioral issues stem from trauma. Um, they stem from adopting children that were older when the girls came into our home. They were seven and five. So you can imagine they were living with a relative they met us one time and then they entered into our family and they've been here ever since. Uh, so you can imagine the fear and the control tactics and, you know, the need for, you know, making themselves uh, feel like they are in charge of, of their life mm -hmm. um, and in charge of others. And so we've done some studying on trauma um care and how to best relate to children, children who have struggled with trauma. But it is from what I've learned, a uh, lifelong journey ongoing, because they're just trying to exert as much control as what I'm, I'm learning as possible. And sometimes the behaviors are intended to push you away, uh, because they're anticipating rejection anyway. So it's like, let me just throw it all out there thinking you're gonna reject me anyway. So let's see what happens. I'm just going to push your buttons on purpose. Right. Um, so, so that's some of the stuff that we deal with. That is, I know that is so hard and challenging um, in so many, so many levels. And, yeah. you know, I know for a lot of our listeners, they are looking at their situations and there's different behaviors for different families, different situations. Yeah. You, Cassandra, deal with, you know, the trauma that came through adoption mm -hmm. and, and just that, there, that whole journey with your girls. Mm -hmm. Christy, yours is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. There's other families who are dealing with behaviors as related to autism yeah. or, you know, other other diagnoses. And so 
Cassandra, in your household, what would a quote unquote typical day off look Mm -hmm. like, you know, in your family? Yeah. So a typical off day, and there are many, many, many typical off days. (laughs) Um, It's starting with a lot of being loud on purpose, um, trying to gain attention. It is trying to control the siblings and tell the siblings what to do loud enough for me to hear it because that's when I jump in. Um, Then when we're addressing the behavior, it's the screaming uncontrollably. I'm using air quotes because the screaming can totally be controlled, but I'm going to just scream at the top of my lungs. Um, And then it's sending her outside to walk around the lanai to kind of calm down, which sets her brother because he wants to play with her and then he becomes angry Mm -hmm. and then you know everybody's angry and then you know people have to take timeouts including myself um it's not acknowledging behavior it's you know blaming other people um and it's feeling like you're at your wits end sometimes because you you know you just woke up so it's like okay it's you know 9 15 and this is how our day is starting and I think the most challenging thing is um, the lying part of it and not taking responsibility for behavior and um, my son getting really upset with it all because he just wants a peaceful household. Yeah, And it's hard because he is such a kind hearted person, but he, he starts to reach his max sometimes. And it's really hard to watch everybody upset because my husband's trying to make sure I'm okay. And then I'm trying to make sure Joseph's okay. And then it's just chaotic. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. Well, Christy, how does it look in your home on a day that's off for your family? What does that look like? I'm really identifying over here with what you're saying, Cassandra. Because yeah. we didn't talk in detail when we were together about the detailed parts mm-hmm. of our day. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're speaking my language here. Um, mm-hmm. A difficult day might not start off rough, but it often does start off rough. Like you're saying, right from getting woken up, you can just know, you can almost feel and know when a child is waking up off. And uh, my husband and I can like right away pick up on it and be like, oh, so-and-so is off this morning. You know, that might look like provoking behavior, automatic, um, Mm -hmm. bugging siblings, loud uh, noises, like you were saying, um, yes. defiant behavior, it might look like automatic defiance. And so like you just woke up and I right away have to go into like battle mode, <laughs> kind of like discipline and referee and that kind of thing. Boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. how, to, how to set the peace of my home. And that is really in a very exhausting way to wake up. Um, it's not always the morning. It can come at any point. There can be a shift at any point into a better day, but often it can be a whole day or a whole week where you're just like, we are dysregulated. Um, whether that be, like I said, our, our world is like more of the willful struggle or the sensory meltdown. Um, and so it depends on which child is having a moment and depends mm. You just have to be ready to deal with whatever's coming. Um, That could mean a sensory meltdown if somebody's too loud and the other person's sensitive to noise. Yes. That could be, you know, really being on a more 
this is the consequence because you chose this. And then like having to stand your ground and that could take a short amount of time or that could take a really long time, depending how much challenges you have along, how many challenges you have along the way. So there's a variety of things, but I'm I'm totally identifying with Cassandra. She na- she nailed it on that description. <laughs> she nailed it. Y'all, could, you all could be in each other's home and feel like, okay, this is how it is. In my the house. chaos can be definitely a overarching uh, word that would describe yeah. it well. Sometimes chaos. Okay. Well, you both mentioned the siblings and mm-hmm. the impact that it has. So Cassandra, go a little bit deeper. You know, you talked about you know. Joseph is just just a really kind soul and that it can cause him to be sad and off. Mm. And, you know, what are, how does it impact him in other ways when the behaviors are, you know, it's a hard behavior day? I have learned so much from Joseph and his gracious, mm. forgiving manner. And at the same time, he's coming into, you know, teenage years now, he just turned 13. So he's got you know, changes happening and hormones. And um, most recently we're dealing with some behaviors with Joseph because he's trying to process all that's going on with him. And then also what's going on at home Uh, because one of his sisters has these provoking behaviors. He's kind of okay to just let it go. Well, I'm mom, mama bear, right? So now I'm jumping in and trying to protect him from uh, some of those provoking behaviors, which leads to uh, discussion with the provoking child. And um, that upsets him because he just wants to play. It's like, oh, let's not have a conversation. I just want to play. So then I get blamed for jumping in. Um, But he has recently just been experiencing a lot of anger, Mm -hmm. some anger outbursts himself. Um, and explaining to me that he just, he's tired of conversations. He just wants everybody to be happy and everything to be okay. And then um, with Gabriella, she has a difficult time verbalizing, but she does have a lot of sensory issues when it relates to noise. So when the one, when her sister starts to scream, um, then she starts to sometimes have meltdowns and holds her ears, gets agitated, wants to be held because the screaming upsets her. Yeah. So then again, everybody is you're upset. managing everybody at that point and you know, Christy, and you've got and trying to manage yes. yourself, exactly. <laughs> and Christy, I know you've got three kids as well. Yep. And so does it is it kind of similar in your family like once one is off, then they just kind of all play off each other? Depending on the day, but often mm-hmm. if like one's needs are rising, they'll bump into somebody else's needs. So whether that be like this noise affected this person sensory wise, or this person was jumping all over the place. And now the one that's more like sensitive to being touched or bumped. Now they got bumped and now that cascading kind of set of events. So it kind of, I feel like all of their needs bump into one another a lot. Mm. Um and so that's a bit tricky, but I I have noticed, maybe that's the grace of God, that usually only one is having a more off day. Like these moments come up throughout the day where one affects another, mm-hmm. but for a very dysregulated day, it's usually one child at a time. So you can just tell who's kind of off that day. So yeah. I think yeah. that really becomes a bit of a hypervigilant burden as a mom, because you're constantly like, an air traffic controller, like who is, who's feeling what today? 
And how can I separate the right people <laughs> so that your needs don't bump into their needs? And like, how do I maintain the peace? So that can be a, as we get into more of a conversation about how you deal with things as a mom, I think that can be a real burden yeah. of figuring out that hypervigilance. <laughs> mm. Well, I see Cassandra just like nodding her head. <laughs> yes, yes. I get that. I understand. And, you know, I can only imagine how stressful that is on you as a mom and, you know, on your marriage. How does this impact your marriage? You know, you're both married. You both got great, you know, husbands yeah. and supportive husbands. Mm -hmm. But I know, you know, when you are at, you know, when your kids' behaviors are rising, I'm sure your stress level is rising oh, at the yeah. same time. And so it play, it just, it, you know, it changes the atmosphere of your home and it yeah. changes how everybody is responding and interacting. So, how does this impact your marriage, Cassandra? My husband, like you said, he is, honestly, he is a gift from the Lord mm. Jesus. He is absolutely wonderful. Um, he's more of the disciplinarian. So I think there's less behavior when he's home. I mean, mm. I will acknowledge there is less behavior, but the behavior still persists. Um, I would say, you know, just create stress. I think we can be short with one another because we're, all irritated. Mm -hmm. So I think we can be short with one another, but he's been really good with just saying, Hey, go drive to the Goodwill or go yeah. to the store. Go or see take Becky a walk in or... Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Make a trip to Tennessee. Yeah. He, he actually said that to me the other day. He said, You know, Becky said you can come and visit. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'm he's waiting. really good about saying, yeah. You know, you, you just need to step away. And yeah. I appreciate that about him. He doesn't expect yeah. me to carry it all by myself. Yeah. Um, and for that, I'm grateful. But I think, you know, tensions in the way that I relate as a mom mm -hmm. is softer, right? Mm -hmm. All the way around. Um, he's a little tougher uh, on the kids. And so sometimes I'm like, well, you didn't have to say it like that. So I think just the way that we relate to our children um, can sometimes cause a little bit of frustration. Mm on both parts. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, what about in your world? I have a really supportive husband as well, which is awesome. Um, he definitely can see mm -hmm. when I also need to go take a drive. It doesn't happen that often, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, Hey, what can we do to like get you out of the house tonight or something? You know, I'll take the, I'll put the kids to bed and you just go take a drive or why don't you see a friend or something? So he's really great about recognizing that. Um, mm -hmm. I do see that it, provides more opportunities for tension and difficult conversations because of the atmosphere that the behavior creates. So we really have to be yeah. mm -hmm. intentional to remember that if something comes up, it's not that we are, are against each other. We are on the same team. And this right. other part of our environment is playing into our stress levels. So trying to be gracious mm -hmm. and Ideally, not having a really stressed out day both at the same time. Like you have to take turns <laughs> so yeah. that somebody's on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't both go to the dark side at the same time. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, oh. we do text throughout the day and I'll send like a SOS, please pray, you know, yeah. not yeah. wanting to burden him because he's has his whole day going on and he's got mm -hmm. other stressors in his workplace, yeah. you know. So not wanting to unload in, a, in an unhealthy way, right. but also to have mm -hmm. like a quick SOS, please pray. I'm having this situation. Yeah. 
so that they're aware of the day, how to support you, and yet you're not unloading on them. And you always have to mm-hmm. really balance that well. Balance that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I think about, of course, because I'm a, a single parent, solo parent, I think about those mamas who are listening right now who are those dads who yes. are doing this on their own and not having someone in the house to to, mm-hmm. to be that person to say, go take a break. Yes. And so that's why, you know, we preach community here at Rising Above, Yeah, you know, so big because even if you're you're not, uh, you don't have somebody maybe to come in and rescue in that moment. You have people you can text or message yes. mm-hmm. who can pray for you in that moment. And I know, Christy, I mean, I've gotten texts from you yeah. before. You've posted in our group chat of like, okay, guys, it's it's a rough day. Yes. I need some help here. Yes. And so, you know, for those single parents, those solo parents who are out there, um, you know, I would just say try to find some community yes. with people who can come alongside, even if they can't physically come in and give you a break, they can emotionally come in and help you yes. carry that burden. And, you know, that's why our community groups are there so that you you can, regardless of where you live, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you can actually go in person and meet with people, you have an opportunity um, to, to build those friendships so that you are not so isolated and alone. Yeah. And so... Yes, I know that was a plug for community groups, but yes. it's so important. I was That's just texting. Yes. I was texting with a friend yesterday who's a single mom, and we were just kind of saying, she's like, oh, this was hard. And I'm like, you know, we're just texting about tools and different things we, she could try. And she's like, I'm really sad that you understand this <laughs> because I wish you didn't. But I'm also mm-hmm. really comforted, mm-hmm. you know, and, and grateful that you understand yeah. what I'm going through. And yeah. so you can... You don't want anybody else to understand what you're dealing with because you're hoping mm-hmm. they're not dealing with it. And yet right, um, right. when you find people that speak the same language and are going through similar things, there is a comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, you know, it's like you said, you don't want anybody to go through that, but you kind of, it's like we call, we talk with the dads, we call it having a battle buddy. Yeah. You need somebody that's going to be in the battle there with you. And so, um, I'm so glad that single mama has got you that, yeah, I know she wishes you didn't have to yeah. deal with it, but that you're there to help her. Yeah. Um, you know, I know just from talking with both of you outside of this this episode that, you know, Cassandra, I think with, you, with your situation, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the behaviors happen more at home. Like when, when we're at school, everybody, you know, we behave and we don't have issues there. Um, and so... Christy, this may be more more along the lines for you because I know that we've had conversations about things that have happened at church mm-hmm. or different things like that when, when there's been trouble, you know, issues at church yeah. related to behavior. So how how has that impacted you? Like, do you feel when you go out and there's those behaviors, how does that impact you as a mom? How does it make you do you feel judged? Do you feel, you know, yeah. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna put words in yeah. your mouth. How does that make you feel? I think I feel a lot of internal tension um, mm. because I don't necessarily feel judged, but I almost like feel def- like I'm on the defense because mm. it, I might get a really bad report when I pick them up or people just don't understand. And then they, the kids tell me what happened and then I go, oh, that makes total sense why you responded that way. And then like trying to teach them like what is an appropriate response, 
but also sometimes understanding that it was a sensory issue that came up that others didn't understand, or that it's just simply frustrating as a mom to get a report that's negative when your kids are just misbehaving, you know, and you're teaching them these values, but then they're choosing a different way when they sometimes, mm-hmm. um, not all yeah. the time, sometimes they do great, you know, but there are, a, over the years, I've had a lot of hard pickups. And so my heart is tender when I get a report and I pick up my kids. And so for every single work worker out there that takes care of children and when you're, when they come, the parents come to pick them up and they give like a great report, like, thank you. Because parents that deal with difficult behavior regularly, Mm -hmm. if you're just giving them another report of that, it's so disheartening, you know, and we need to know what happened. So we still do need to know things, but Mm -hmm. it's just when you have grace and love for the child and you relay that on the pickup to the parent, it makes a world of a difference. Totally. And, and, you know, there is always something good that has happened. Yeah. Even if it was for just a minute that they, they behaved, you know, and, and were interacting well with others, but to start off with that good, good word yes. before you have to go into the negative. And so yes. I know that's so hard on your mama's heart, you know, and all those emotions and, you know, for Cassandra, for you, what are some of the emotions that arise in your heart when you encounter lots of difficult behavior moments? What does that do to your mama's heart? Before I answer that, I do want to add, although uh, one of my children and that we're speaking of, um, people see her in school with teachers because it's a it's an authority is you know super helpful and super sweet. Mm. That's people that are not an authority over her. So we, we have had challenges yeah. the issue. Right. Gotcha. Um, but in my experience, I in that to me, you know, this is a challenge for this child and we, we know to pray. Yes. Right. Not that I wanted her to act up in class, but there was just this sense of, okay, it's not just me. Like she's not just doing this with her as it relates to dealing with people who are giving her directions. Right. Um but overall, as far as how I feel, I feel like a failure sometimes as a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel tired. I feel, um, Lord, did we hear you right? And we know we did, but you know, you do question, especially as it relates to adoption. Did, did, did we hear you? Is this what you called us to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, frustration, anger, I mm-hmm. mean, just yeah. grief. And I think I'm reading a book right now um, that I just started, but we were in a situation where we really learned to know that, hey, we're, we're bringing home kids that have been um, impacted by trauma. So they're really encouraging adoptive moms to grieve. No rainbows and butterflies. It's going to be super hard. So this right. is not really a surprise, but I think you feel like, okay, we're believers. We know the Lord Jesus. We're going to be praying right. and speaking God's word and we're going to, take them to church and, you know, over time, this is going to get better. And sometimes it doesn't get better for a long time. Yeah. Um, and having to grieve the, the difficulty, having yeah. to grieve the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And, you know, I can only imagine on those really, really hard days when the behavior is just so super challenging that your own emotions start to rise. Oh yeah. You know, your own emotions are starting to to get elevated as well. And so 
Chrissy, how do you personally manage your emotions when you're dealing with really difficult behaviors? Oh, I, I'm so glad Mm -hmm. God gave us the fact that we need to breathe every moment (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I have to breathe. Like I really have to slow things down and take intentional Mm -hmm. breaths so that I don't react out of frustration as much as possible, that I can remain as calm as possible. Internally, I don't feel calm, but I've had many Mm -hmm. people that are like, whether it be family members or friends or someone that's like watching a situation going, wow, you stayed so calm when I don't feel that way on the inside. But praise Mm -hmm. the Lord, something's happening with the tools I'm using so that it's coming across Mm -hmm. on the outside, you know? So I think praying in the moment, taking big, deep breaths, you know, um, if I can get things like the chaos settled momentarily and then step away for a few minutes before addressing this situation, that works best in my world and for me and for my kids. Um, and sometimes like if I'm just really frustrated, um, sometimes I need to just step away and, and cry a little bit <laughs> because I need some kind of release for how I feel before I re-engage in, in figuring out what we now need to do. So trying to like mentally, I I'm recently really trying to shift my perspective mentally of like, I feel so much that I have to control the environment and I really can't, like I cannot control behavior, even though I feel like I'm often Mm -hmm. trying to. And so trying to switch to more of like a, I can coach them, I can train them. But coaches have to show up and do it every day, every moment, all over again, you know, and they cannot control the outcome. Their teams still lose sometimes. Like, there's just, there's so many things you can't control, but you can still keep showing up to coach and disciple Mm -hmm. and train. So I'm really working on trying to shift my perspective. Mm, I love that, Christy. Um, I just had a conversation this morning and I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking the same thing. It's like, He gives us choice. He's always given us choice. So our responsibility as parents is to train them up in righteousness and point them to the Lord. But we we cannot control the choices that they're going to make because the Lord doesn't control our choices. Right. He gives us an opportunity. Right. Yeah. And so it takes so much pressure, especially when you're trying to be a mom who whose kids make the right choice all the time. And it's like, that's not not my burden. I'm placing this burden on my shoulders. That's not mine to to carry. I felt like I feeling free in that. I felt like I've been able to identify with the Lord in this as a parent because he is a parent yes. to us, but I also mm-hmm. go back and think about him parenting the Israelites. And then I think, mm-hmm. wow, God, you're the perfect parent and your kids right. still disobeyed over and over again and wandered away from you and yes. were rebellious towards you. And so if you as a perfect parent have those responses from your children, then I need to take the pressure off of me, even though I'm trying my best, Mm -hmm. that it's not always pointing at your parenting, you know, or, um, and it's, it's just like a different level of grace. I mess up all the time as his child, you know, and being able to go back for forgiveness. So repentance and forgiveness is needing to happen like all the time, every day, you know, okay. between parents and children. Right. <laughs> but I do feel the comfort mm-hmm. that the Lord understands our parenting struggles with kids mm-hmm. that have difficult behavior because his kids have it too. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. And 
you know, Chris, you know, you talked about the deep breathing and you have those kinds of things in place. Cassandra, do you have any tools in place for when you feel? Deep breathing certainly is one. Um, Sometimes I'm just saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) Over and over again. Um, Sometimes I'll just go out and just walk around a little bit, just that movement. And then I also have a rocking chair in my room. So if I'm really frustrated, I'll go and just kind of rock it out. And, yeah. and try to get that anxiety down because um, yeah. I've also dealt with anxiety in the past. And so sometimes it all just kind of wraps itself mm-hmm. together and yeah, you just have to release it. And then being mindful too, just like we feel frustrated and anxious and feel like we're, we're not in control. Well, I'm a grown up, you know, I have to be yeah. gracious and compassionate and think about them and their, their little selves and how they must be bombarded mm-hmm. with emotion. Oh yeah, and sometimes yeah. just take, putting my hand on their shoulder or giving a hug um, is amazing. The impact of that is amazing. What are some of the things you see in yourself? So, like that you see that you go, "Oh goodness, I need to go to rock in my chair," or "I need to go, <laughs> I need some deep breaths." What is it? What do you sense in yourself to to know? Okay, I need a reset. What do, What do you those What do you feel in your body? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel pressure and I can't, I feel like a tightness and a pressure in my chest. Um, I feel like I'm not breathing. So I recognize that I'm not breathing. Mm. Like I'm holding my breath mm. a lot. Um, kind of speaking very fast. I can get into ter- interrogation mode very easily. So I'm just asking questions back to back to back to back um, and not necessarily allowing for a response and just tension mm-hmm. in my body. So I, I feel it. And um, yeah, and sometimes I'm on the verge of tears, and so that's mm-hmm. when I know I need to go go rock somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go rock. <laughs> have to take a rocking chair everywhere with you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Christy, what about you? What do you notice in yourself that you're like, okay, I gotta, I've gotta have a reset as a mom in this moment. I think just the things that might be normally challenging are suddenly feeling very overwhelming. And suddenly the emotional charge to a situation feels so much more heightened. Um, then I realize, oh, okay, I'm, I might need a reset somehow. I might need to be able to just step away from the situation and take an hour to go grocery shopping by myself. Or it doesn't always mean that your reset is like a spa day by the ocean. <laughs> Who gets that? That doesn't happen in our world. But it might mean like, okay, God, I need a reset and I can't find the button. Like, I have no idea how to reset Mm -hmm. this situation or my feelings about it. Can you help me find the reset? And it can be something incredibly simple. It does not have to be something extravagant. You might not be able to get away on your own. You might not Mm -hmm. be able to stop the chaos that's happening. But God can provide a reset in the middle of it and it can just be even mm-hmm. a few seconds and suddenly he shows you the button and he presses it and you're like, oh, I needed that yeah. so bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then you're able to yeah. like the emotional charge comes down and you're able to deal with mm-hmm. maybe the same behavior, but at a more peaceful level. Mm. So just question, because I know like Christy, your kids are at camp right now yes. as we're recording this. Yes. But do you sit there with the phone by you, like concerned that you're going to get a text that something's happened? I know when John Alex was in school, 
I, you know, I always had my phone, like even now, like my phone is literally right here in my hand, just in case a caregiver were to need me, Right. you know, as we're recording this and, you know, just that feeling of sometimes, especially when he was in school, like waiting for that next shoe to drop. Right. Do you, do you feel that way? you know, when they're away from you? My kids are homeschooled, so they're not usually away from me. So it's not like I have a lot of environments that they go without me. But in the past camp opportunities that we've tried, I do get text or I do get called or things are happening. And it's so stressful for me as a mom waiting for those calls Mm -hmm. or texts. And so we have found this amazing camp. And I don't feel that way this week at all, because I know they can handle it. And they give nice. each each camper a buddy and they they just have a different expectation that my kids can mm-hmm. go and they can be themselves. And if there's some challenging behavior, they're probably just going to handle it and be able to handle it. I'm so glad. So this is one place that I can not worry about that, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, I knew they were going to camp and I didn't know the situation. And so that makes your friend's heart happy (laughs) to know that you're not having to worry about that. What about you, Cassandra? Is that an emotion that you deal with? That feeling of, oh my goodness, am I going to get a call? Is something going to go wrong? Not necessarily a call, but I do have um, my phone with me at all times as a mom. And there is a app that the teachers do use. And so sometimes, you know, if the day is difficult for um, not even the one I was talking about, but for our older daughter, some she has challenging behavior of her own. Um, sometimes you'll just get a message that, hey, this is what happened today. Um, but it's not something that I'm typically anxious about, but you mm-hmm. just always have awareness that at any moment you can get yeah. a message that they're not making the best choice and like, hey, mom, that. just be aware. Yeah. Can you discuss this this afternoon kind of yeah. a thing? Yeah. Well, and you know, those, those moments are so, so challenging. I know, I know our listeners, even if it's not behavior, it could be a medical yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, there's that, that feeling of being heightened and being yeah. always on alert yes. as a mom. It's exhausting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, Um, I can speak into that on the medical side because uh, in the last year, two of our kids now have to carry AEDs with them where they go. And so that creates a totally different scenario on where can I drop them off? Where can't I? Is there someone there that knows how to use the AED if it's ever needed or knows how to do CPR? So we're entering a whole new level of like, oh, when can I drop off my child or not? And are people that I drop them off with capable of caring for their needs if they Mm -hmm. arise? So on the medical side, I really identify with the parents that Mm -hmm. are listening on that level of Mm -hmm. like life, especially to a life-threatening degree. Like there's so many major medical things that require, you know, you want them breathing and fed and everything working and and they, whatever it's Mm -hmm. tubes or this or that, you know, that they need people that can care for them. So I understand that side. Yeah. Well, when you're in those stressful situations and things are going haywire and everybody's kind of feeding off each other, do you have any scriptures that you just kind of keep close at hand that you can call to mind that just speak life and peace to you in those moments? Absolutely. Um, and it's beautiful because the Holy Spirit will, of course, bring different scriptures uh, to mind based on the situation. And sometimes, you know, it's the same scripture over and over, but most recently, um, the one that came to my heart and it's just 
hanging out there is coming from Psalm 73, 26. And it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And I looked up portion and it's allotment, inheritance, source of security and hope. Mm. And I was like, that just covers, you know, all the things, right? That need for security, that need for hope that we're going to be able to make it through this. Um, Of course, the Lord being our shepherd in Psalm 23 and also being not weary. I cannot remember. It's I think it's in Corinthians, Mm -hmm. but in doing good. Yeah. Right. That to just continue and then change. But I think the beauty of that is the Lord talks about these being light and momentary afflictions. Yes. That's producing for us eternal weight of glory. So he will just come in with a scripture that you can cling to. So even though it's still crazy. Yeah you're with me. And that provides the solace that we need so mm. much. So good. I was also thinking about those light and momentary afflictions that that is, it doesn't feel light and momentary in the moment, but if you can like grasp onto that, you're like, right, this is light and momentary. <laughs> we will make it through. You know, I'm also super encouraged by second Corinthians one, the God of all comfort and the verses surrounding mm. that. Um, that he comforts us in our afflictions so that we are able to comfort those who are in any. But as I continued reading that chapter, I actually found a lot of connection a little further down, maybe not where you're typically looking for the comfort, but in verse 8 to 10, I think it is. I'm not exactly sure what the affliction is that they're dealing with here, but they obviously felt incredibly burdened. And we can feel that way. So like for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So just remembering like when I feel so utterly frustrated that he can meet me there, I can rely on him there and he can deliver me. And then deliver me again <laughs> next time it happens. <laughs> it's bound to happen it's again. One, it's not a one and done. No. Yeah, that's right. not a one and done. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, just so applicable mm-hmm. to so many things that we deal with in this life. And, you know, I'm just thinking about the, the, the maybe the young mom or young dad who's listening today, who's just starting off on this journey and they are dealing with behaviors and they're just really are discouraged. And so what would you, Christy, say to that parent to offer them just some hope and encouragement? I'd say kind of remembering, like Cassandra said, to not give up on doing good. Every time you show love or you correct and train or you disciple or you discipline You are training not just a kiddo that's going to be around, you know, and then there's no eternal value, but you're, you're training up an eternal being that will, you know, have an eternity. And so everything that you do now really matters in training your kids. And so even though you might have the kind of child where you have to be so on it all the time that it's tiring, don't give up. Like every time you show up, every morning you wake up, every time you have to do it, like correct again or teach again or 
you know, have someone calm down after a meltdown again matters. And you can kind of get caught up in, oh, this is so exhausting. But if you take a step back and realize that you're doing eternally valuable work when you invest in ki- in these children that are going mm-hmm. to live forever, uh, either here or in eternity, you know, and that really mm-hmm. matters. So having that eternal perspective, don't give up. Just keep showing up. Yeah. Mm. So good. Cassandra, what about you? So this is not in contradiction to what Christy's saying. This is a yes and um, taking no thought for tomorrow at the same time. So, yeah. and that's the scripture that the Lord gave me um, when we, years ago, you know, when I just, we had just had Joseph and as a nurse, you know, there's so much that I learned about Down syndrome and the impact of that, a potential impact of that. And so that's the scripture he had given me just to parent my one child, <laughs> but it's the same scripture for all of my children. And Yes, definitely. Always keeping in mind that we are discipling and we're wanting to instruct our children for for eternity and the choices that they're going to make. But at the same time, um, I'm really bad about getting ahead and wondering what's going to happen yeah. and what's the impact. And if their right. choice doesn't change today, are they right. going to go to jail? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I yes. can go way down <laughs> the street. Are they going to go to jail? And, you know, all these things that God is not calling me to worry about. Yeah. And so just trusting that his grace is sufficient for each moment of every day. Yeah. And really, you know, one of my favorite verses and I pray it back to him in the mornings is his mercy is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So it's yeah. like, you're going to be faithful father every single day. And I need to stay in this moment and in today yeah. and trust you with the details. Yeah. And you're going to give me what I need for these children. And one thing that my husband says all the time um, He's like, Lord, you love our children more than we do. And it's like, we know that, like Mm -hmm. we know it, but sometimes we act like we have to be responsible for all the outcome. And we don't like, these are his children, you know, and he loves them perfectly and he loves us perfectly and Mm -hmm. things don't feel good, but he, he's sovereign and he has a good plan. And so just really trusting his love for us, I think Mm -hmm. is what gets, gets us moving forward and gets us unstuck a lot of the time. That's so good. I completely agree. Hey, one more thing I was thinking through all of this conversation of like the difficult behavior that we deal with, not forgetting that these are precious children that we love so much. So it's like two sides of the same coin. We can be real about their difficult behavior and the way it affects our lives. And we can love them fiercely and fully as well in the same breath. And so I feel like it's just constantly leading us further into the heart of God, of how to love, how to forgive, how to be in relationship even with our children, no matter what they do or how we feel about it. And um, just thinking about all the parents out there that are going through hard times and hard behavior, but still dearly love their children as I dearly love mine. And so just bless them to continue the good work that they have started and to continue going and loving those kids. So beautiful. Well, friends, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing some of the hard things that you guys have been dealing with here over these past few years and just your willingness to open up about that. I know that for the families who listen, it will be an encouragement to them. So 
Um, thank you. And I just am grateful for both of you. And, and I love that you guys have connected and can kind of <laughs> cheer each other on on those hard days. And so thank you, friends. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Always good to talk to you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.